0: Startup Experts is a 1000 plus member organization of finance ops and HR leaders that come together in person and online to build relationships, to learn from one another, and to support each other personally and professionally. While no one member is an expert in all things, collectively our combined experience is extraordinary and our passion for learning is unparalleled. This podcast is about amazing people, their perspectives on our ever-changing world, and how we adapt to these changes as leaders. My name is Jesse Fries, and this podcast is about becoming better with startup experts. In the following discussion, we get to meet Anita Pagan, one of the more interesting members of the startup experts community. In addition to being the most active, yes, you heard that right, she has exchanged close to 15,000 messages on Slack. She is also one of the most popular members because she is the consummate go-giver with all of those daily messages usually done in service to someone else. In this conversation, we learn more about her career, how she landed in her current role, and we spend some time exploring our very own startup experts, private leader circles. This program, while not widely known about, is one of our most popular offerings and we have around 200 members that have participated. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did.
1: My name is Anita Pagan. I'm here in Silicon Valley. I'm a head of people and talent with a startup called GenX.
0: How long have you been a member of the Startup Experts community?
1: I feel like it's been two and a half years. It was plus or minus 200 members.
0: How did you first hear about the community?
1: Joseph Yeh, he referred me. He and I actually competed for talent together. I was working for a company called Meta that was an augmented headset a startup in San Mateo. He is working for Magically. We were actually head-to-head going after the same talent and competitors. Later, we actually reconverged when we were both laid off from COVID and struggling. We were both very seasoned recruiters and having a hard time with it. I joined Startup Experts after I landed at JitX and after being a boomerang employee of my last org. But Joseph and I reconnected during that time.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I was looking at your background and saw that you have a passion in triathlons, So that you've done a fair amount of mentoring and coaching within some schools. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more about you as a person and what you're passionate about outside of work.
1: Yeah, and raised in Silicon Valley. The technology and engineering here feeds me. So I have no big urge to move or to leave the coop if you will met my husband out here as well and so it just fell in the place that we stayed put we're able to afford real estate earlier in our career said it worked out triathlons is fun because and you might really understand this jesse i really enjoy turning myself inside out as painful as that sounds especially where there's a finish line i've got a nose for smelling the barn like meaning like the beginning of the triathlon is painful i'm literally having a monologue of this sucks why did i sign up for this blah 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 and then there's this point where the light switch just turns on and i'm like i'm in it there's an adrenaline to it it's a lifestyle so even though i've given it up at this point i'm still out cycling running swimming. But it's a lifestyle and I love to get back to it. It's somewhat of a part-time or full-time job. So it's not one that I could be doing right now with my career goals. But at the time, it was really good for me. And I was focused on half Man's. I've done like Wildflower, man, Barbs, Alcatraz, a whole number of them, Big Kahuna. And I have some proud moments of it. It's super fun to drive over the Golden Gate Bridge and then look over your shoulder at the Alcatraz and go, dang, I swam that. There's proud moments to it, right? Yeah.
0: For sure, yeah. No, I have the same experience, knowing that I jumped out of a boat out there and swam to (laughs) shore.
1: Yeah, and the scariest part of that, of actually swimming Alcatraz, was jumping off the ferry. I, I literally remember going, I spent really good money to jump off this ledge. It was like that moment of, what, do I, what am I doing? But when you're in the heat of it, it feels really good. I loved signing up for races that I feel like I have no business doing.
0: <laughs> I, I signed up for one recently I had no business doing. And you know what? I'm not doing it. So I had to drop out. I plan on putting it back on the schedule and I'll accomplish it. Do it. It. So you're all about the reverse split, right? You're getting to the start line, suffering for the first third, getting that runner's high, and mm-hmm. then finishing it strong.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's fun. As soon as you get to that finish, you're like, ah, can't do this again. And then five minutes later, you're like, "Which should we sign up next?
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that. I met my wife. She is a big, or was a big triathlete at the time. And then I caught the bug. And after she finished, a really long race in Wisconsin, she made me video her saying on record that she was never going to do one again. So I understand the sentiments.
1: That's awesome. So I never, ever gravitated to it until I met my husband. I don't exaggerate this, but you know that the dog and the car and their big goofy smile when their head is outside the window? That's how I feel on a bike. It's just so fun. It's just a blast. When I'm on the bike, I've just got this big, goofy smile like, (laughs) let's go.
0: I love that. So it sounds like you're taking hiatus from triathlons. We'll have to get you out soon, maybe even start a startup experts tri-team. You're a workaholic for sure because you're at a startup with first-time founders and you're wearer of many hats. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into recruiting and now you're head of people at Jutex?
1: It's not been a straight line. I actually started my career in HR after many bumps in the road as San Jose State trying to figure out like what to study and where to go. I started my career in HR. Took a few different internships because at that time it was encouraged to take like at least three before graduation, and the ones I got were incredibly hard. They were meant for a full time person, not an intern. One hired me as a journalist and to take on a specific HRIS audit project for a medical device company. The director of HR quit on the spot after two weeks and she was new as well and just left me the dumpster fire. And that was so crazy that I actually showed up one day with one blue heel, one black heel, not ever recognizing until the end of the day that the heels were totally different lengths. I was like totally walking with a wobble all day. And I just was clueless because I was consumed with this dumpster fire. So at that point, I decided to move into recruiting. I was empowered to feel this responsibility of taking ownership from the very beginning, the foundation. What I coincidentally found recruiting to be a hard entry. So I actually went to a Sherm event, went right up on a stage, which was not character of me, pitched myself, sat back down. I get this card from Monica Caldani. She was the CEO of the Scholastic Recruits, and she later hired me as an intern. I stayed with her for about five years, even after the internship, went to an acquisition or two, we were acquired by Hot You, which in retrospect was before its time it was literally a video-based recruiting platform. And here we are on video recruiting people. They went through a bankruptcy, but we also acquired like the big recruiting platforms at the time, Job Direct and some others. And then I just was watching all these pink slips taking place. So before the bankruptcy, I actually got myself out of there and I took a pivot into hospitality. I did that mostly because 9-11 happened and That was scary, especially for HR recruiting individuals. It was not sustainable. It was watching all these companies go down. People were getting pink slips. I didn't want to be in a fight or flight. I just got into my first mortgage at 24, 25 years old. So I decided to take the stable route and go into hospitality. And I did a number of roles. I ended up at this Convention Visitors Bureau, Team San Jose, where I was booking those really off-the-wall conventions, bringing big impact to the city of San Jose, like the Super Bowl, the FANIME, the big religious conferences, the Comic-Cons. Kind of interesting because now I'm like this kitchen sink kind of a role, which in a weird sense of way, I'm using that hospitality time in my life. At that time, it also worked really well for my work-life balance. I was competing in triathlons and allowed me some flexibility that I don't have in my career now. During COVID, there was a lot of change for me. It was a time of reflection for me. Personally, I was introduced to JITX, the startup that I work for now, through a computational geometrist. That person saw their need, made introductions, and through those conversations, my role emerged. I was hired as a head of talent, but later we changed the title to head of people and talent because I really wanted a title that kind of matched the scope of what I was doing. I'm a little bit more of a kitchen sink. I'm also touching things like negotiating our contracts or our bills and our office and helping with Inbound and getting my CEO on podcasts. But I like where I'm headed now.
0: Would you take us through... A day in the life of Anita at your current company?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I will literally start with coming into the San Jose office a few days a week. I go to our Berkeley office at least once a week or try to. And there's certain meetings that take place. We have a stand-up meeting that normally is just an engineering meeting for most organizations. But in, in, in my team, they're all engineers except for me. But I joined this and I always have, I've always felt it's really important to be part of the business and to understand it as best as you possibly can. So I will join that and hear what's going on, what's being released. The other day, it's a mix of things. It could be one-on-ones with my team. It could be phone or video interviews that I'm vetting candidates, et cetera. Sourcing, it's sometimes just troubleshooting like benefits, taxes, payroll, all that stuff that goes with HR. But a lot of it's the nuances of the things that surprise you and don't necessarily are planned that emerges. A lot of my day is literally observing it all, taking it in, and sometimes it's office. It's like things like getting office supplies, negotiating the office lease, which is something I'm doing right now. It's little things and big things all together. A day in life is so different from one to the next. We literally just went through open enrollment. So it's a lot of moving parts.
0: Yeah, I think you're not alone. That's a very common description of just a day-to-day of chaos and context switching. I know there's a lot of members of startup experts that are in these roles where They'll start their day, whether it's in the office or virtually, and they don't know what's coming down the conveyor belt. You mentioned that you are working day to day with your founders who are first time founders, and that's a challenge for both the founder themselves, but also their team. Would you speak a little more around how you actively partner, coach, support, respond to founder demands?
1: Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a joyful one. It's one of the elements of my job that I really enjoy, but I'm also learning day-to-day how to navigate. I'm in a special situation because I truly believe these are the founders for this mission. These are the right founders, and they have the right characteristics. They also went through the Y Combinator. They were top of their class. They went through, like, a Dartford program. They have this amazing advisor through our VC Sequoia. So they've got all like the right advisors behind them. And they're really good about asking questions. They don't come in hot with all the answers. They're learning and we're learning together. But there's nuances in this that is hard because there's a lot of unknowns. The funny thing is our Problem space has a lot of unknowns. So we're, this is something we're really like used to at GenX. Everything is ambiguous. So we look at a piece of paper and we turn it around and keep turning around until we find the right <laughs> angle. So there's not a perfect formula with working for first-time founders. My advice is to get very comfortable and vulnerable, connect with these type of founders. Get to know them, get to know what's important to them. What do they want to achieve? What are their dreams? What are their, their weaknesses, their strengths? Play to those strengths. Really be that person to complement those weaknesses to help compensate, but also have a network behind you and mentors that have advice for you. And a lot of times I'm soliciting advice and then I figure out how to plug it in. And to be honest, if I was to say what's my greatest learning and working with first-time founders, it's the art form of doing that.
0: That's a great share, thank you. I wanna switch gears a tad and allow the listeners to learn more about you Anita. What are you doing when you leave at mm-hmm. the end of the day? Like for example, over the weekend?
1: Yeah, this past weekend, I did a bike ride and I was a little bit sick and I'm learning how to balance better. I've been thinking a lot about journaling and breath and how you manage like your physical response to things. How do you work through the day-to-day like anxieties? I've been like taking to that lately and I'm trying to find exploring that. There's like a lot of like cool things that you could do. Just in journaling and breath work. There's been some thoughts I've been putting into and just like self awareness. I've been doing a lot of that kind of work to bring some balance just because I think I'm a deep thinker and I need to slow down sometimes before I could go fast.
0: Yeah, you clearly are a deep thinker. In fact, in that answer, I can tell you've thought it out considerably. (laughs) (laughs) We'd love to shift gears. Let's discuss startup experts. You've been a member of the community for two plus years. You've actually taken on a few leadership roles. Now you are leading up our private leader circles. Would you mind sharing more about that program?
1: Yeah, I have you to thank for pulling me into the leadership. I think that one of the great skill sets that we have as a network is that we see the skills that everyone brings and we put them to use. You brought me in to build up our new memberships, which was a lot of fun. And making sure people are aligning with our go-giver philosophy. I took on this tell ambassador role. And then at some point, Dave kind of saw something in me to facilitate one of the private leadership circles. I tried to decline taking over the program, I think at least five times, but he kept coming to me for ideas. And I should have known who was negotiating. But at that point, I didn't have the ability to say no. <laughs> But Dave and I work really well together. We're like PBJ, and it just really works very well.
0: Tell us what are the private leader circles.
1: Yeah, it's a eight-week program, and with went from five to 10 participants with a facilitator. Each week is themed with different topic, and it could be compensation and performance. It could be managing up or working with boards, leaders, first-time founders, all kinds of topics. We dive into some very beefy questions, three questions, and go deep. We're walking case studies. The vulnerability and confidentiality is really important, but those case studies that we could bring to the table, even if we're not talking specifically about our company and name-dropping, but just bringing the context in, is powerful and the bonding happens The knowledge sharing and learning is intense it's like career coaching on steroids this particular season we have seven cohorts I'm adding finance and operations for the first time and I'm stupidly excited about that this is gonna be so fantastic and those are like filled to the nines I'm so pleased that like it's not an itty-bitty group but there's weightless I'm really excited where those are going to be able to go I have only one of the cohorts that I personally facilitate, and that's the part two for HR. Those are people who've done this before. They're deeply committed um, and would go deeper into even bigger topics. But the team itself is a bunch of facilitators. We have a volunteer who built the playbook. Uh, That was Doris. She did an amazing job. Amelia built me a facilitation training. I built an orientation So this is really a scalable program at this point that feels really important for the network to have. And it's free. It's amazing it's free. But this is like a crew of seven, eight, nine people, to be honest with you. It's not just me.
0: Yeah. And you envision that program will last how long for each circle?
1: So it's eight weeks, one hour sessions.
0: And it's entirely virtual?
1: Entirely virtual. Now... People do peel off and build some friendships and they get together. And there's one individual from a past cohort that she and I got together to do some like goal setting on our own. And she's now actually a facilitator in the group as well. Um, so people may come together, even in person, this person happens to be in another state, so we can't meet, but people do get together. I know that happens.
0: That's amazing. I love to hear how members are meeting each other and then keeping those relationships.
1: I just got back from vacation. Joe Avent, she actually met me at the airport. That was awesome. Yeah, I absolutely adore Joe. She's a great mentor. I met her through one of the earlier cohorts. And the fact that she was able to fit that in and come to me at the airport, that's amazing. In Florida. Yeah.
0: We moved to the Slack Workspace about two years ago, maybe even three. And I am exceedingly impressed that you have the most messages exchanged on the platform, which means that you're leaning in and dedicating a tremendous amount of time and energy to putting together excellent private leader circles. I want to thank you for that.
1: I think it goes in waves, but I think I did a lot of individual reach out for the leadership circles. I get a lot of messages to me. And I I have a way of doing it where I go in early morning and respond to these and then even schedule them to be later in the day when people are in the right time zone or time of the day. I try to make time early morning, like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. or even late at night and respond to those. When people want to meet sometimes, I I try to make time for them, like my evenings or even weekends. It's hard to fit everyone in, but I really want to make sure that I'm doing my part in the group
0: you're definitely a true go-giver i know that you are and we talked about it already you're extremely busy you have your hands in many things at your own company but yet you're heavily involved in startup experts would love to hear your perspective on what does startup experts mean to you
1: i joined startup experts because i wanted a community to rely upon when i didn't have the experience or the answers and it was referred to me at a time when I was actually just going to build my own little network to fall upon, have people in specific areas that I could fall upon for those answers. And then I discovered this community and recognized I didn't have to put the effort into it. It's already built for me and it's growing. A community that I could rely on for so many things, especially as a team of one. It's an extension of you. And for me, More so, it's a validation that my intuitions are correct. It's moving past that imposter syndrome or self-doubt. The camaraderie is amazing. I've built great friendships out of this group. I have a group of ladies that we get together like all the time. Jua, Holly, Sahar, Rimei, Sylvia, Lizeth, Suzanne. This community just urges me to learn and get out of my comfort zone, which is just fueling like where I crave to grow. So it's the perfect group to lean on.
0: Amazing. I love it. And it's great to hear that brings me such joy. Any last thoughts you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: I guess just do what you love and love what you do. I think that's important to do and to take care of yourself. One thing I've done well, I've done it really well with the Startup Experts Network is I bake in a minimum of five hours of my week on a given week. And they're typically early hours of my day where I dedicate to current development and my learning as well as some evening hours. And a lot of times it totally coincides with the Startup Experts Network as well as the leadership circles. And so I want to urge people to take advantage of that. My team knows I'm part of this group and and honors that. And so it's really a terrific part of my career development as well.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Anita. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the previous discussion. If you are interested in learning more about Startup Experts and potentially becoming a member, please visit www.startupexperts.us. The community was created over five years ago for finance, ops, and HR leaders to meet, share knowledge, and support one another. Since we all work cross-functionally together in-house at our respective companies, we believe that it's incredibly valuable to have a community where we can also learn each other's perspectives. This podcast, Becoming Better with Startup Experts, will in part explore these roles and how we can effectively work together. I hope you will subscribe.